you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Welcome in. It's Monday. It's finally April. April. Excuse me. It's May. It's May now. I can't keep my dates straight, man. It's May 2nd. Happy Monday to you. Happy May to you as well. Hope you all had a great weekend here in the Auburn Opelika area. It's sunny. It's now hot. It's in the 80s now, man. Summer's coming. I've already talked about it. It's it's brutal. I'm so upset. But weather's warming up, so if you're a, a warm weather person, congratulations. The, the heat is here. It's going to be in the 80s. High 80s coming into the weekend coming up, like 87, 88. That's miserable to me. But if you enjoy the hot weather, congratulations. It's finally here. But I hope you had a great weekend. We have a lot to talk about today on the show. Lots of Auburn news to get to as well. So I hope you're in for a good one because we've got a lot to cover today. If you missed any of our previous shows, just make sure you search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Today's will be uploaded as a podcast just as well right after the show. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. If you want to get involved with today's show, just give us a call, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Anything you want to talk about, call in. Let's discuss it. I'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Lots to talk about today. Let's jump right into it. And a lot of Auburn news coming out of the weekend so the first 30 45 minutes maybe even the first hour is going to be pretty Auburn heavy and I know that's what you want to hear and that's what we're going to talk about Uh, also we have two guests coming on today so a very action-packed show at 2 30 we have Joey Blackwell he is the Bama Central beat writer for Alabama the Sports Illustrated kind of like Auburn Daily but it's Bama Central for Alabama he's the beat writer for Sports Illustrated he will be coming on at 2 30 uh, to talk about everything Alabama we'll talk about the NFL draft we'll talk about Alabama baseball and also a little bit of news coming out of Alabama spring ball maybe get a get in a couple of questions about that as well so Joey Blackwell of Bama Central he will be on at 2 30 Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He'll be on at 3.30 in his usual time slot here on the Monday edition of On the Line. He'll be on at 3.30 to talk about what was a very successful weekend for Auburn softball and then Auburn baseball picking up a big win at Tennessee over the weekend. So he will be on at 3.30 as well, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. So again, very action-packed show. have a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. And again, So much Auburn news coming out from the weekend. And to start off, we talked a lot about the NFL draft last week and how that happened on Thursday, Friday, and then wrapped up on Saturday with the rest of the rounds. And look, we knew the the pickings were small when it came to Auburn football players that were in the draft and tried to get drafted. 
and we knew that it wasn't going to be very many that got drafted, and it wasn't. It was only one. Roger McCreary, he was the only one to get drafted, uh, officially drafted out of Auburn football. Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee Titans took him in the second round. So he was drafted, but other than that, a couple of guys signed. You know, they got signed by some teams, uh, but Roger McCreary was the only one that got drafted. And look, we knew it wasn't going to be very many, but one is just not, not a whole lot when it comes to Auburn and compared to what other SEC schools are doing. When you look at Alabama and Georgia, we know what they do, and we know the type of production that they have in the NFL. And last week, we had this discussion. We talked about what is it going to take for Auburn and Brian Harson to start putting guys in the league? What's it going to take for Auburn and Brian Harson to consistently put guys in the league and make them impact players long-term in the NFL? Obviously, this year was going to be a little different. You didn't expect a whole lot of guys to go with all of the transition and all of the people in and out of the program. You couldn't expect too many guys to get drafted into the NFL. But you saw Roger McCurry get drafted. You saw a couple of guys get signed, Excuse me, which means basically they get signed and they have a chance. They're going to be there, they're going to practice, and they have a chance to basically get themselves into the roster and onto the team. Doesn't mean they're going to make it, but they are at least there and have a chance. So you saw a couple of guys, Smoke Monday was one of those, you know, a couple of guys that got, they got signed, they're with the team. Doesn't mean they'll be there when the season starts, but they are at least there and have a chance. But again, Roger McCreary, the only one from Auburn football to actually get drafted. And I think that's going to improve. I think that's going to, to climb as the years come on. Uh, again, if Brian Harson is able to stay, I think him and the coaching staff have what it takes to to develop players, not only make them better from what they were in high school, but to make them better and to make them pro-style players. I think I really do think this this coaching staff and Brian Harson particularly. I think both of those, like all of that together, is really going to to start producing some guys to the NFL. You would like to see it improve from one guy getting drafted. Obviously, when you look around the league, you see teams, even outside of Alabama and Georgia, you still see teams putting in three, four, five, even six guys at times into the NFL. And not just guys getting drafted. We talked about this last week. Not just guys getting drafted, but guys who get drafted and stay in the league and actually make an impact in the league. Because, yeah, you can put guys there, but if they, fl- if they flame out in two years because they actually weren't ready, that's almost a negative look on your program. That's almost a negative side effect of drafting somebody from your school. And so I think Auburn will start putting guys in the league and also start putting guys who will be impact players and long-term players in the NFL. But Roger McCreary was drafted in the second round by the Tennessee Titans. So hopefully he is able to solidify his roster spot and be an impact player. And then hopefully all of the players that signed with a team are able to get through practice, find themselves on a roster, and possibly get get some playing time once the NFL season uh, comes around. Moving on with all of the Auburn news today. Auburn baseball, of course, was at Tennessee over the weekend. They played against the number one team in the country. And look, they, they fared pretty well. Let's just be honest. They fared pretty well against this Tennessee team who, 
again, is the number one team in the country, okay? They're the number one team in the country. We talked about what it was going to take for Auburn to have a successful weekend. I said get one win. That's exactly what they did. They lost on Friday, which don't let the score fool you on the Friday game because Auburn was in that game until very late. Okay, they were. They lost 17-4, to and I know you're pro- if you didn't watch it or keep up with it, you're probably saying, well, how were you in it if it was a 17-4 to victory for Tennessee? Auburn was in this game. It was late game that Tennessee just exploded because, again, they're the number one team in the country for a reason. They can hit the baseball. That's what they do extremely well, and that's exactly what they did. You look at it, it was a 17-4 to victory, but Auburn was up 4-2 to going to the seventh inning. Auburn was winning this game coming down the stretch. But then Tennessee put on eight runs in the seventh inning, seven runs in the eighth inning, and they win 17-4. to They exploded for 19 hits and 17 runs. But through six innings, Auburn was up 4-2. to Everything was looking good. Auburn was feeling good. On the road, game one, you're up 4-2, and then you give up eight and then seven runs in back-to-back innings. Look, that's not going to – obviously – that's not going to get it done. But Auburn, after a 17-4 loss, they could have done one of two things. They could have folded and said, dang, we just can't hang with these guys and just got swept. Or they could have rebounded, they could have responded, bounced back, and decided we're actually going to try and win a game because we know we can. That is what they did on Saturday. And out of all the games they were going to win over the weekend, the one I would have said they're not going to win is the Saturday game. Well, that's the one they won. They went on Saturday 8-6, to six, which is a huge win for Auburn baseball. I said get one win. That's exactly what they did. It was a 1-1 game, top of the third. Tennessee went up 2-1. Auburn scored three runs, top of the fifth. Tennessee scored two, bottom of the sixth. Tennessee was up going into the ninth inning. Auburn put on four runs, top of the ninth, and they win this game. They win this game eight to six, a comeback victory for Auburn baseball against the number one team in the country. That's as good as you can do. That's as good as you can get if you're Auburn. You get your victory. Yeah, you lose on Sunday five to three, but you were in that ball game as well. You were in all of these games. Tennessee started off three nothing in game three yesterday. They put on three runs, bottom of the first. But Auburn slowly started crawling back. They scored two in the fifth, one in the sixth. Guys, this was a 3-3 ball game heading to the seventh inning. It was a 3-3 ball game all the way to the eighth inning where Tennessee put on two runs and eventually won 5-3. But when you look at it, Auburn, they pushed Tennessee more than any other team has in the entire league. Any more than a team has all year long when you really look at it. Auburn pushed this team farther than anybody has, especially from the SEC. Because now when you look at Tennessee, they have two SEC losses. One of those is to Auburn. And that's going to say something. That means something for this Auburn baseball team, especially now that they have a top five Arkansas coming home this weekend, right? This team knows that they can do it. The pitching late kind of hurt them. The bullpen kind of hurt them. But... At the same time, you're playing the number one team in the country, man. You're playing the number one team in the country for a reason. And they are going to play like it, especially in their home ballpark. If you're Auburn, you are 100% happy with how the weekend went. Maybe not with your bullpen. Maybe you're like, man, maybe there was a missed opportunity maybe. Um, 
on maybe yesterday. Maybe that's how you feel. You know, maybe there was a missed opportunity yesterday to pick up the series win. But at the end of the day, you've got to be happy with at least getting the victory. You didn't get swept. That was the biggest thing. Don't get swept by this Tennessee team, which so many other SEC teams have done all season long. And now you don't have a midweek game this week because of finals week over at Auburn University. They don't have the midweek. So now you can just get your finals out of the way and prepare for a top five team in the Arkansas Razorbacks at your home place. It's going to be, I would say, either sellout or near sellout crowds all three days at Plainsman Park this weekend. That would be my prediction. I hope that, I hope that is the case. I think we may get tickets to, to give away on the show like we normally do. I will let you guys know. But if we do have tickets to give away, you know we'll give them away. And I'm sure somebody wants some tickets this weekend. Not 100% sure if we do. I will let you guys know. But either way, it's going to be a near sellout, if not a sellout, for Auburn baseball this weekend. And... If they play the way they did against Tennessee, against Arkansas, up to the bullpen, they have a really good chance to win this series this weekend. But if the bullpen lets them down again, it's, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough because teams that are as good as Tennessee and as good as Arkansas, they take advantage to the weak spots on a team. It's like a lion to a gazelle with a broken leg. They don't attack the head, they attack the broken leg. Same thing. Auburn baseball... They were in all three games against Tennessee until, what, sixth or seventh inning on? And then after that, it was downhill on Friday and Sunday? That's what Arkansas will do as well if you're not careful. So you've got to be able to find a, find a way to, to fix that to where you don't blow it at the end. Because this team is good enough to beat teams like Tennessee and to beat teams like Arkansas, and you're going to have to in postseason play. You're going to have to... And Hoover, when you go to the SEC tournament. And if Auburn baseball can't figure that part out, then the rest of it doesn't even matter. And it, it sounds horrible to say, but you can't, you know, you don't want to play so good for six or seven innings and then blow it in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. And I think Auburn can find a way to do that. And if they do, this team is extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. So. We'll see how it goes for Auburn baseball. But regardless, they get a huge victory at Tennessee. They didn't get swept. They won a game, which is what I said they needed to do. Now they can prepare for Arkansas coming in this weekend. And Arkansas is still a top-five team. They're still extremely good. And Auburn baseball has a really good chance to not just win a game, maybe even win the series against Arkansas this weekend. We'll preview that as the week goes on, and we'll talk some more about this Auburn-Tennessee series uh, when we have Jacob Hillman on at 3.30 from the Auburn Sports Network. Moving on with a similar sport, Auburn softball. We'll talk about this with Jacob Hillman as well. They get their series victory over Georgia over the weekend, and it looked like that softball was going to get the sweep of Georgia they did not but they won the first two games and now when you look at it Auburn softball 39 and 11 overall 11 and 10 in conference play they're back up above 500 with a good weekend at home Uh, I drove by a couple of times when I was out and about and looked like there was a really good crowd at the softball field this weekend and it's much needed Auburn wins on Friday six to three they win Saturday 
four to three. They lose yesterday six to three, but they get the series win over a ranked Georgia team. Auburn softball ranked as well. So a big time matchup. Auburn softball showed up. They showed out. They did what they had to do. They had a chance at the sweep and they fall a little bit short, but they still get a huge series win. And now they have just one more SEC series. They play at Tennessee this weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they head to Gainesville, which will be where the SEC tournament for softball is held. So I think softball's in a great spot too. They can score a lot of runs. You see what they did against Georgia. Six runs, four runs, and then three runs. So not a lot, but still pretty good against a ranked Georgia team that pitches extremely well. So I think Auburn softball is in a fantastic spot. I can't talk enough about how a couple of weeks ago, that weekend that they had off of SEC play where they got to play Niagara at home and take care of business easily, that helped this team so much because then they turned around and beat Mississippi State in a series win, and then they turned around and beat Georgia as well. Auburn softball and baseball, again, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Both are in a fantastic position to make postseason play. I think they do so as long as they keep doing what they're doing. I think Auburn baseball and Auburn softball are in a great spot to make postseason play. Let's take our first break of hour number one. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about uh, some Auburn news. We're going to talk about the base or the uh, the basketball news coming out of Auburn over the weekend. If you want to call in and get involved, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's take a break. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of On the Line. First segment in the books. We've got about eight more minutes before we head to the bottom of the hour break. Make sure you stay tuned because at 2.30 we have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics. He will be on at 2.30 to tell us... uh, Basically, what's going on in Tuscaloosa about the NFL draft, all the players that got drafted from Alabama, maybe some Alabama baseball, uh, and all of that good stuff. So he will be on at 2.30. So make sure you stay tuned for that. If you want to call in, get involved, and be a part of the show, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Anything on your mind in the sports world, give me a call. Let's talk about it. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Moving on with uh, all of the Auburn news coming out of the weekend, we talked about Uh, football we talked about baseball and softball but we've still got one more that we need to talk about Auburn basketball Bruce Pearl does it again he did it again folks yeah he lost Jabari Smith yeah he lost Walker Kessler Eh, who cares he brings in more he brings in just as good if not better players right behind him that's the type of program that Bruce Pearl has built at Auburn that's what Auburn has become We've talked about this guy a lot. He is finally committed. Janai Broom from Moorhead State. He commits to Auburn basketball over the weekend. He is coming to the Plains. He will be teamed up with Yoan Traore and all of these guards that we have on this basketball team 
Fantastic pickup for Bruce Pearl. You know the stats about this kid. 17 points a game, was averaging 11 assists per game and three blocks per game. He was third in the country in blocks right behind Walker Kessler. So the guy can play some basketball. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to be a fantastic replacement. Not sure how the minutes are going to be split up between him, Traore, and Jalen Williams, but we will see. Look, this is a great problem to have. A great problem to have if you have all of this talent and you don't know how to split the minutes up. That's a good thing. And on top of that, Auburn basketball still has one more scholarship spot to fill. They've still got one more. And, of course, we, we know who we want it to be and who we think it will be. But we're not 100% sure, so we can't – obviously we can't say that's who it is because he hasn't committed yet – the goal for Auburn basketball, I think, right now would be Julian Phillips. That's who Auburn wants. And we talked about it on Friday. He received a crystal ball, you know, a, a prediction, basically, that he would be coming to Auburn. He has not yet committed, but that is the, that's the trajectory that it's going right now. So if Bruce Pearl can bring in Traore, Janai Broom, and Julian Phillips, good Lord, to place with all of the guards who I think are going to get better, who I think are going to get better. I really do. I believe they're going to get better. KD, Wendell, and Zepp. I think they're going to take a big step up this year. You bring in those three guys to pair with those three guards, plus the guys that are still on this team. I mean, I don't see, I don't see what could stop this team besides themselves, which is what we saw this past year. That's what we saw this past year with the basketball team. Nothing stood in their way except themselves. And I think from now on with Bruce Pearl, that may be the only situation. That may be the only scenario for basketball teams now under Bruce Pearl because you want to talk about a school that is in the door for every top recruit right now? It's Auburn. Auburn has hit that point when it comes to basketball. I know we had the discussion about football, and they are a long way away from that, but on the rise – College or Auburn basketball, they're there. They are there. They're in the door, on the couch, talking to the parents, talking to the kids, and they're on people's top five, top threes. Like Auburn is highly considered by almost every athlete right now, college basketball, or I guess high school basketball player going to college because of what Bruce Pearl has done at Auburn and what Bruce Pearl can do for these kids at Auburn. Auburn is now producing. NBA draft picks. Auburn is producing NBA players. Now, of course, the other side of it, Auburn's going to have to start creating some NIL deals because you know the situation with all of the NIL stuff. That is a whole different situation. What I'm talking about right now is you can come to Auburn as a basketball player. You can compete for a national championship. You can get better as a basketball player. You can get better as a person. And you have a really good chance to give yourself a chance, I should say, to go to the NBA. I don't want to say if you come here, you're guaranteed the NBA because that's obviously not true. But Auburn is producing NBA draft picks now. Isaac Okoro, Chumo Kiki, Jabari, and Walker. Those are just recent ones. And you still have Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, those guys who are still trying to do something in the NBA and some of the lower levels, but they're still playing professional ball. You've still got guys playing overseas. Auburn's producing professional basketball players now. Ten years ago, you would have laughed at that scenario or that sentence, right? But now 
you can come to Auburn and give yourself a fantastic chance to go play pro. And that's what kids want to do. I mean, let's just be honest. That's what you want to do. You want to go to a school. You want to play for a good coach. You want to get better. And you want to go play pro. And you want to compete for a national championship. That's what players want to do. And at Auburn, you can do all of those things now. You can do all of those things. Is Auburn a blue blood? No, absolutely not. Auburn's not anywhere near that. you got to win a championship to even be considered something like that. And you've got to win multiple championships to even be considered in something like that. Is Auburn one of the top-tier programs right now in college basketball? Yeah, I'd say so. They're not at the top level, though. They haven't won. They haven't won. They made it to the Final Four on a dream run. That team, look, let's be honest. That team, they got hot at the right time. They had no business being there. But they were good when they needed to be. And they did what they had to do to get to the Final Four. Last year's team, this year's team that we just saw, they should have made it to the Final Four. They had a legitimate chance to win it all. And yet, they stood in their own way. And their problems got in their way. And they couldn't do so. But Auburn, after losing two of their best players, Bruce Pearl said, that's okay. We'll just bring in some more. We'll just bring in some more five stars. We'll just bring in some more top-tier transfer portal guys, and we'll just replace them. That's exactly what he did. Auburn basketball picks up Janai Broom, the transfer from Moorhead State. He chooses Auburn, and Auburn still has one more scholarship spot to fill, and they don't necessarily have to use it. They could take a penalty, but if Julian Phillips comes out and says, hey, I want to play for you, Auburn's going to say, all right, come on, buddy. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Let's figure out how we're going to start splitting up some of these minutes because there's a lot of talent on this roster right now. Janai Broom just adds that to the five and four spot. Auburn basketball is at a fantastic spot. Look, if you're worried about Auburn football recruiting and transfer portal, to shut that book and open the one about basketball, you'll be a lot happier, I guarantee you. Stay tuned. We're going to have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central on after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. On 98.3, up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area, up through Birmingham and Sylacauga, across the state of Alabama and across the country. If you may be listening in, I do appreciate you here on this Monday edition of On the Line. 30 minutes into hour number one, I appreciate you tuning in or sticking around if you've been here. We have a new guest on the show, Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics. Joey, how we doing? Doing well, Jacob. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. We're looking forward to having an Alabama writer on the show uh, today and then hopefully in the future as well because, look, people in Auburn, they care about what's happening in Tuscaloosa. They want to know what's going on with Alabama athletics. And so really excited to have you on here on the Monday edition of On the Line. So let's jump right into it. The NFL draft was obviously last week, Thursday, Friday, and wrapped up on Saturday. Uh, what can you tell us about 
the Alabama players that were drafted and uh, maybe some of their, you know, their teams and their opportunities that they're getting at the next level? Well, you know, it's quite, it's quite kind of a predictable draft for Alabama. The guys that, you know, most people expected to go early, like Evan, Evan Neal and Jameson Williams, both went in the first round. And, you know, some, some guys, you know, did slide a little bit. But overall, the fairly decent draft for Alabama. I think one of the biggest winners for the Crimson Tide in this year's draft was Phil Mathis. You know, Mathis is a guy who obviously plays defensive tackle. Didn't have a very good senior bowl week. Also, wasn't very impressive at the combine. But the Washington Commanders, you know, saw a lot in him. Drafted him at 47th overall. So I think it was a really big draft for him. He's going to join a couple of other former Alabama alumni, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen up there in Washington. Obviously, players like offensive tackle Evan Neal and, and, and wide receiver Jamison Williams both went in the first round and found their new NFL homes, and both of them are expected to you know, make immediate impacts where they go. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, it's just a, another successful draft, you know, for the Crimson Tide, and it just, you know, just some more tick marks as to what Nick Saban's done and getting a lot of Alabama players in the NFL over this past decade and a half. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics. Uh, I didn't see, but if was there anybody that was not drafted that signed with the team that maybe you were surprised about? Yeah, you know, I uh, played Bolden. I, I kind of pictured that he was going to be drafted really late, but I thought he was going to be drafted nonetheless. You know, there were a lot of things circulating around him that the Patriots were interested in him because he'd fit in really well with Bill Belichick's system that he has up there, you know, in Foxborough, as well as, of course, Mac Jones is the quarterback up there, and he has a lot of experience with Slade Bolden. But Slade Bolden was eventually, you know, he didn't go drafted, but he was an undrafted free agent with the Baltimore Ravens. So he will be joining another, a couple of former Alabama players there. Um, so, and I know they're excited to see him up there in Baltimore. So he was probably the biggest undrafted surprise for me. That being said, there is still one Alabama player on the board in safety, Daniel Wright, who went undrafted and still has yet to sign with a team. So I guess that could be considered a surprise as well, considering he hasn't found where he's going yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, he might or he might not, but he's still available, as you said. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, I know it's early, but are there some guys on the Alabama football team right now that will be draft elig- eligible that – you think could go high or just be drafted overall maybe that you have your eye on? Well, you know, overall it has to be quarterback Bryce Young and, and, and edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. I mean, both of those guys dominated football last year on both offense and defense. Will Anderson in particular. Bryce Young obviously won the Heisman last year. Will Anderson was uh, finished fifth in Heisman voting. Um, Will Anderson, you know, overall has just been widely considered to be potentially a number one pick next year. Um, Bryce Young is potentially also one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. You know, this this year's quarterback draft was kind of lackluster, but next year should have a, a lot of really solid talent. And Bryce Young's right there at the top. So, you know, just early on, obviously the draft was just this past weekend. But you know, if, if you're there's already mock drafts coming out, and those two players, I expect to go uh, really high next year. Well, no doubt Bryce Young is the one that's going to be highlighted, not just on the field but off the field in mock drafts as well. What's one thing that you think maybe, or maybe a couple things if you have them, of what Bryce Young maybe needs to improve on just to make sure he's ready for the next level? Well, I think one thing he needs to work on is his deep ball accuracy. You know, we saw him struggle with that a good bit last year. Unfortunately, he had Jamison Williams there to kind of make up for it, a really fast, speedy guy that was able to adjust on the fly to Bryce Young's throws. This year he had Tyler Harrell, who's you know, just transferred over from Louisville, Hopefully he'll he'll have that at his disposal. But you know, I, overall, that is definitely something that he needs to work on. 
Another problem that he had last year was, you know, he is a dual threat quarterback, but we didn't really ever see that on full display last year. We, he had flashes of, you know, being able to rush the football, but he liked, he, he obviously showed that he preferred to throw the football over run it. And it cost him uh, a multiple sacks holding on to the football too long, showing a little hesitancy to scramble down the field. So those are just two things I'd like to highlight from him that he didn't do terrible at last year. Obviously, he won the Heisman. But two things that if he really wants to be that number one overall pick next year, if he could fix those two issues, um, there's no telling how high he could go in the draft. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics. Haven't really gotten to talk to anybody about Alabama football coming out of the spring and out of spring practice. What are some notes that you can tell us about this Alabama football team as they do come out of spring? Well, you know, I think that they have a lot of depth at wide receiver, um, a lot more than a lot of people thought. You know, we, we, didn't, we didn't even see players like Ja'Cory Brooks play um, just because of the injury that he's been having to deal with in the spring. But we saw wide receiver on both sides were really good. Jermaine Burton, flat, you know, had some flashes of, of, of you know, being a, a top wide receiver for the team. Christian Leary, who played for the second string team, also had a really good, uh, good outing. Um, on defense, Will Anderson Jr. was only allowed to play for the first half, you know, because he was such a dominating force on defense, even going against the first string offensive line that uh, they they held him from the game in the second half. So he's somebody to look out for. Jamil Burroughs was very impressive on on defensive line um, as a junior. Um, so those are just, you know, some, some notable, some, some keys. I would like to see the first string defense show a little bit better um, pass protection, uh, not pass protection, but um, uh, pass defense. But other than that, I, I really like what I saw. There definitely needs to be some tweaks. The offensive line is still lackluster, um, but they're bringing in some, some players that hopefully will, will, will help them there. Um, but I, I, I would like to see a little more offense, but the defense was very impressive early on. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, if there's one thing that I think people outside of Tuscaloosa know is the concern for this Alabama football team is the offensive line. And, you know, that's not something that's normally an Alabama issue. Is there a reason that it's, it's more of a struggle as last year and this year as it has been or has it not been throughout the past few years? Well, offensive line was obviously a struggle last season. There was a really steep drop-off in talent from that 2020 year. You know, a, a, an offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, you know, that had Landon Dickerson at, at the helm and some really talented big bodies. Um, you know, due to those guys' departure, you know, there was a drop-off last year, and obviously that was one of their biggest concerns. This year looks to be a, a little bit better. You know, you have, um, you have Tyler Steen coming in from Vanderbilt with transfer. It's hoping going to reload. He will hopefully fill that spot that Evan Neal leaves behind. Um, but this is still a the one thing they lacked last year was experience, and this year they have that back. Um, they did have to work through spring with a couple of their key linemen being out with injury, and they'll be back for the fall. So hopefully, the offensive line that we see at um, you know on September third in their first game against Utah State will be a much better line that we saw um, at A Day. That's for sure. Uh, the, the line at A Day gave up ten sacks, and it's hard to get a lot worse than that. Yeah, that's, that's not what you're looking for from the spring game, if you ask me. But talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics, let's move into Alabama baseball. It may be a little bit of a sore spot, so I do apologize. But talking about <laughs> Alabama baseball uh, over the weekend, 
They they hit the road in SEC play. They went to South Carolina, and it did not go the Crimson Tide's way. They get swept at South Carolina, 6-5 on Thursday, 2-1 on Friday, and 11-5 on Saturday. Joey, what happened to the Crimson Tide over there in Columbia? Well, this past weekend series was really their last chance to, to have a sweep this year. Um, just because South Carolina is kind of on a, a kind of a down program this year, one of the one of the lesser teams in the conference <laughs> alongside Alabama, um, and South Carolina really put it to them. Alabama did did hang in there those first couple of games, but as you said, that third game, eleven to five, South Carolina dominated it. Um, it's just it's all come down to the bats. Alabama's starting pitching and their relief pitching has been relatively solid pretty much for the whole season. It's really come about these past few weeks here. But their bats have really cooled down, um, and it doesn't matter how you can pitch a no hitter. But at the same time, you know, if you hit through 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 eight innings, but if you if your bats aren't backing you up and getting you any runs, it's, that ninth inning is all a team needs to win. So it's been an issue for Alabama. Unfortunately, the schedule only gets worse. They host LSU this weekend, then they come down to the Plains and play Auburn, which Auburn is having a really solid season this year in baseball. So. And then Alabama will close out the regular season hosting number five Arkansas. So it hasn't gotten any easier. You know, Alabama still could make a regional. They're able to pull at least one win from these last three, uh, these last three, one win per weekend, excuse me, pull one win per, per weekend from these last three series. But if that doesn't happen, Alabama's regional hopes of, are really starting to slide here late. Yeah, you look at Alabama's uh, record, they're 25-20 and 20 overall, 9-12 and 12 in conference play. You talk about the bats letting them down. Has that been really the issue all season? Because early on in SEC play, we saw this team kind of jumping in and out of the top 25, but as of late, like you said, they've definitely cooled down. Is it just the bats or maybe the fielding as well? What's been the scenario? It's definitely been the bats. The fielding, this, this year's team, the fielding has been – much improved over last year. Um, I don't think fielding has been the issue, but over these past few games at South Carolina, we did see, you know, like a throwing error from Temez that allowed a game-winning run. Uh, so that is having starting, you know, we did see some flashes of that this past weekend, but overall that hasn't been the issue. It's just been, you know, when you have, you know, players like Owen Diodotti, who's been a constant power threat from them over the past couple of years, this year I think he's batting somewhere around the 240s. When you have players like that who are routinely, you know, big parts of your lineup starting to struggle and they're all struggling at the same time, that's when you really have issues like we've seen from this Alabama team lately. So overall, you know, fielding's been great. The pitching is much improved over last year, but just the, the bats have really cooled down here over the past few weeks, which is, you know, concerning after the really strong SEC run they had just, just a few short weeks ago. And Joey, you talk about the upcoming schedule for this Alabama baseball team. They host LSU, they come down here to Auburn, and then they host number 5 Arkansas. I mean, in your mind, what would be a successful run across those nine games in SEC play? A successful run for them, considering the past couple of weekends they've had, would be to, to pull off at least one win um, in each of those series. Um, I think they, Alabama has been very strong on Sundays this year. Um, Grayson Hitt, who's their, their Sunday starter, has been really great for them. Had a, was really banged up uh, against uh, South Carolina this past weekend, but other than that, has done really solid. So if they can get one win from each of these three series, primarily LSU and Auburn, um, I think they still got a shot. But that also hinges upon having a relatively you know one or two wins in the SEC tournament as well. Well, Joey, we appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on the show. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and your work for Bama Central. 
Absolutely. Uh, everybody can follow us on Twitter at Bama Central. Um, also, we have a Facebook page. Follow us online, BamaCentral.com. And for me personally, I post all my baseball, football, men's basketball stories on my at my Twitter page, which is at Blackwell Sports. I really appreciate the follow, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you having me on, on Jacob. I really pre- it means a lot. Yeah, no problem. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, Joey. Sounds great. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. That was Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama athletics. We talked a lot about uh, Alabama football in the NFL draft, kind of what to what to know about the, the current Alabama team coming out of spring ball and then Alabama baseball as they get swept at South Carolina over the weekend. What a great interview. That was a lot of fun. We plan on having him uh, every Monday at that 2.30 spot. So really impressed, really enjoyed that phone call and conversation with him. So the plan is to have him on every Monday at 2.30 to update us about what's going on in Tuscaloosa because, look, it matters what's happening over there. We may not – hey, you may not like them, but you know you care. You always care about what's going on over there. So we appreciate Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics, coming on here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up our number one. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Wrapping up our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Of course, we'll be back for our number two at three o'clock. So make sure you stay tuned for that. If you missed any of today's show, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We just got off the phone with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama Athletics. Uh, what a fantastic interview. Great guy. And um, he, he knows his stuff, man. It was a great interview. He gave us a lot of good insight about Alabama football and Alabama baseball. So if you missed that interview or any of our number one, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcasts. We've got about six minutes before we head to the uh, head to the three o'clock break, and just continuing on with some of the Auburn news because there is a lot of it today. I want to pose this question to you, the listener: What was the most surprising news about Auburn from over the weekend? Was it Janai Broom committing to Auburn basketball? Was it Auburn baseball picking up a win against Tennessee? Was it Auburn softball taking the series over ranked Georgia, or maybe Auburn football? Only getting one guy drafted. Uh, what out of all of those? Which one? You know, which one was the most surprising to you? Not that you didn't already know it, but which one of those is is most surprising to you, the listener? You can give us a call three three four three two one thirteen ninety or toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two. I think for me, I think for me, it's Auburn baseball picking up the win on Saturday at Tennessee. Not because I don't think they couldn't do it, but Tennessee is just a really good baseball team. They are a fantastic baseball team. And Auburn baseball was up against a tough test. And after after how Friday night went down and after how they lost on Friday night, 17-4, to after being up 4-2 to through six innings and giving up more runs, giving up 15 runs after that, and then being able to respond and bounce back on Saturday and win that game eight to six I think that was the most surprising to me because after watching Friday night's game I was thinking oh no like it's gonna it's gonna get ugly here in Knoxville and 
you saw, I'm sure you saw if you didn't, there was a lot of tension in this series. There was a lot of jawing back and forth between Tennessee and Auburn. There was a couple bats thrown. There was a lot of, of jawing, a lot of celebrating on both sides. And it, it got pretty heated in Knoxville. But Tennessee is that type of team. They celebrate every single home run and every run like it's the game-winning run. That's just what they've done all season long. And look, when you're the number one team in the country and you beat everybody by 10 or 15 runs and you're just better than everybody else, you're allowed to do that. It may be annoying to everybody else, but you're allowed to do it. And look, Auburn on Saturday, they won. And again, lots of jawing going back and forth. And on a on a home run, I forget what Auburn player it was, but he took the he, you know, he had his bat flip and it went towards the Tennessee dugout. A Tennessee coach picked it up and threw it back over towards the Auburn dugout into some players as they were celebrating. Obviously not a good look. He didn't throw it hard. But he definitely tossed it over there, and that got the dugouts riled up even more. And big time win for Auburn baseball over the weekend. It was Bobby Portis. Is that who it was? Pierce. Bobby Pierce. My bad. It was Bobby Pierce, and um, he was the one that that hit and had the bat thrown, and then the Tennessee coach picked it up and threw it back. It was a whole thing. It shouldn't have been, but it was. But I think that's the biggest surprise for me over the weekend is Auburn baseball picking up a big-time win at Tennessee after getting beat 17-4 to the night before and being able to get a huge win on the road against a number one team who had been playing their absolute best baseball all season long. You know what two teams to beat Tennessee this year are? Auburn and Alabama. Those are the only two teams, I think. I may be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it is Alabama. Oh, it's Vanderbilt? Okay, my bad. I... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I thought it was Alabama that beat them, but maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Alabama baseball, remember, they just got swept by uh, South Carolina. I'm about to pull up their schedule just to just to double check. No, they did. Alabama, they won the Friday night game 6-3. to three. So, look, Tennessee doesn't get beat very often. They don't get beat very often. But Auburn was able to do so, respond after the Friday night loss, And they were in all three games. And I think that is the key if you're Auburn. If you're head coach Butch Thompson and you're this baseball team, you've got to remind yourself of that. You were in every single game. Yes, you lost 17-4, to but that's just because Tennessee just absolutely exploded in the the seventh and eighth innings. I mean, you know what? That happens. You sweat that one off. You get the Saturday win. And then on Sunday, you were still in the game until late. You were winning the game as of late. Yeah, you couldn't get it done, but you were in that game. And so I think that is a lot of momentum, a lot of positivity for this baseball team as the number five ranked Arkansas Razorbacks come to town this weekend to take on Auburn at Plainsman Park. That was the most, I guess, the most surprising news uh, from Auburn over the weekend. What do you think? What's your most surprising news about Auburn athletics over the weekend? I want to hear from you uh, right before we head to break. You can call in during the commercial, and we'll get you on to start our number two, 334-321-1390, or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Remember, at hour number two, we're going to have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He will be on to talk about Auburn baseball and Auburn softball some more. 
uh, as he obviously is with the Auburn Sports Network. He got a little radio action in for the Auburn softball team, so he'll be able to come on and break everything down for us in hour number two. That'll be at 3.30, but what a great first hour. Fantastic first hour. If you missed any of it, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Hour number one in the books. Stick around. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to On the Line. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two is officially underway right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. I appreciate everybody tuning into hour number two. If you're still here from hour number one, thank you so much. If you're just now tuning in, I appreciate you as well. It was a fantastic hour number one. If you missed any of it, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following today's show. So make sure you do that. Go find the podcast on the line wherever you get your podcast. We had Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. That's the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. It's like Auburn Daily, but it's Bama Central. It's all, Obviously, it's all Alabama athletics. We had him on at 2.30 to talk about Alabama players in the NFL draft, Alabama football updates, and also Alabama baseball. So he was on at 2.30. Fantastic interview. If you missed any of it, I highly recommend you go and find the podcast uh, on the line wherever you get your podcast. Fantastic interview. Uh, The plan is to have him on at 2.30 every single week to give us any updates going on in Tuscaloosa about any Alabama athletics. So he, he focuses on football, baseball, and basketball, so that's what we will stick to with him. But really great interview. He was the first time coming on, and uh, look, we really enjoyed it. A great interview, great conversation. So make sure you go and find that in the podcast. And again, the goal is to have him on every week at 2.30 on the Monday edition of On the Line. Here in hour number two at 3.30, We have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network in his normal Monday 3.30 slot. He will be on to talk about uh, Auburn baseball and Auburn softball. Of course, baseball had their their one-game success in Tennessee over the weekend, and softball picked up a big series win against Georgia. He will be on at 3.30 to break everything down for us, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. But our number two officially underway... If you want to call in, get involved with the show, be a part of the show, I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's start hour number two like we always do with Making Headlines. Making Headlines. 
So making headlines here on Monday, May 2nd in the Auburn Opelika area. Of course, all of the Auburn news. We covered it in hour number one. We're going to run through it here in hour number two. Starting with football, the NFL draft end of last week. And on Saturday, Roger McCreary, he was drafted a Friday night in the second round by the Tennessee Titans. He was the only Auburn player drafted. Some more signed some deals with NFL teams, which means they weren't drafted, but they signed the deal. They'll be there at practice and they have a chance to fight for a roster spot. But Roger McCreary, uh, of course, one of Auburn's fantastic defenders. He was drafted in the second round by the Tennessee Titans, so he will be moving up to Nashville and playing for the Tennessee Titans, the only Auburn player drafted from this year's NFL draft. You know, obviously, that's not what you're looking for. If you're Auburn, you're looking to have more NFL draft picks than just the one. Uh, You're happy for the guys that also signed, but look, You're looking to get guys drafted because drafted means you're going to get a pretty good deal and you're probably going to be on the team for a little bit. And that's what you want if you're a football program, if you're a college football program. You want to be able to sell that. You want to be able to sell that to recruits. And if you have a reputation of not being able to get guys drafted, nobody's going to come to your school. Nobody's going to come to your program. And look, this year was... It was a little bit different. There was a lot of transition period. There was a lot of downs. Nobody really expected to have a lot of guys drafted from this Auburn team. But you look for more in the future. And you know my opinion on this. I think Auburn football will begin to produce more guys to the NFL. And not just guys to the NFL, guys that are productive, guys that are impactful on NFL rosters. I do think that's going to happen. I think guys are going to get better when they come to Auburn. That's not something we saw with the past regime. It's just not. Under the, under the previous coaching staff and under the previous head coach, we didn't see guys get a whole lot better when they came to Auburn. If you weren't good when you showed up, too bad, right? Too bad. You weren't, you weren't going to get a whole lot better. And I think that is going to change with this coaching staff. If they, if they can stay and they keep their jobs, I think that will change under this coaching staff because of their football mindset, because of what we saw last year development-wise. I think guys are going to get better, and I still think Auburn is going to get better guys recruiting. Recruiting is going to improve, I think. I really do think so, and that's going to lead to producing better players, making players get better and improve over time, over their time at Auburn, and then go to the NFL. So Roger McCreary, the only Auburn player drafted over the weekend, he was drafted Friday night in the second round by the Tennessee Titans. Look for more Auburn players to be drafted in the NFL in the coming years. I think it's going to happen. I really do. Moving on with making headlines, we'll get through all the Auburn headlines and then some of the other sports headlines Uh, as we go through this segment, maybe into the next segment as well. Auburn baseball, they pick up a huge Saturday win at Tennessee over the weekend. They lost the series 2-1, to but nobody, no offense to Auburn, but nobody really expected Auburn to win that series. They weren't supposed to win that series, and they didn't, but they did not get swept, and I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, That's the biggest news. Auburn did not get swept, and this isn't like a, a, a pity win. It's not like a... This isn't a like a scenario where a team is 0-16, 
or something, you know, they haven't won a game all year or haven't won a game in conference play, and they go out and they just they just win a game and everybody just absolutely can't believe it. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's a completely different scenario. This is not a, a pity win for Auburn baseball. This is a huge win for Auburn baseball. And it's a huge win because Tennessee is a really good baseball team. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. They only have two SEC losses, Alabama and Auburn. That's it. That's the only two SEC losses they have all season long. They are still the number one team in the country. They will still be the number one team in the country. And Auburn baseball is playing really good right now. They are. They're playing really good baseball. I think they are improving as the season goes on, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. And you go on the road to play the absolute best team in college baseball, and you hold your own. They held their own. 100% Auburn baseball held their own over the weekend. Friday night, yeah, they lose 17-4, to but they were winning through six innings. They were up 4-2 to through six innings. Then they gave up eight in the bottom of the eighth, or excuse me, eight in the bottom of the seventh and seven in the bottom of the eighth. And that's, I mean, look, Tennessee is just good. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Maybe not on t- to that extreme, but it did. And Tennessee took advantage of the bullpen against Auburn on Friday night, and they won. But Auburn was in that game until late. Saturday, Auburn pulls out a huge 8-6 victory, a come-from-behind victory, mind you. Auburn was losing, and they had to come back from that. They got down 3 nothing in that game early. and Or maybe that was the, the Sunday game. But either way, Auburn was losing on Saturday. They came back to win. Eight to six. So huge win. Rubber match on Sunday. They lose five to two. And look, they were in that game as of late, too. And they just weren't able to pull it out. But Auburn baseball, again, we talked about it previewing the series last week. All they needed to do was pick up a win. They're still above 500 in SEC play, right? They're still above 500. They get a good win at Tennessee, something that almost no other team can say that they've beaten Tennessee. They do that. They come home this week. There's no midweek game. You get to prepare for a top five Arkansas team coming to your home, to your house this weekend. You get to prepare for them and not have to worry about a midweek and you have a win against Tennessee under your belt. You're doing pretty good. You're doing something right if you're Auburn baseball. And look, I think they're in a great spot. I think they have a really good chance against Arkansas this weekend. They've got to get some things figured out with the bullpen, and maybe it was just a bad weekend. Maybe it was just having to play against the number one team in the country. Maybe that was it too, but Auburn's going to have to figure something out about that, but I think this baseball team's in a fantastic spot. They control their own destiny, okay? They do. They control their own destiny. They play Arkansas at home this weekend, and then they have... I think they have Alabama at home next weekend and Kentucky on the road to finish the season. I'm trying to I'm trying to name it off by memory. I'm going to pull it up just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Is they have Arkansas at home this weekend, Alabama at home next weekend, and then they finish up the season at Kentucky. But you look at Auburn baseball's record: 31 and 14 overall, 12 and 9 in conference play. You're doing just fine if you're Auburn baseball. 
Let's see what we got going on the schedule. Hosting Arkansas this weekend at Plainsman Park. Friday night at 7, Saturday at 4.30, or actually Friday night, they did just announce that game is at 6 o'clock, not 7. So they did just make that announcement uh, during the, the last break. I just saw that on Twitter. So Friday night at 6, Saturday at 4.30, and Sunday at 1 o'clock. And then after that, they go to Troy, they host Alabama, they go to Sanford, and then to Kentucky to wrap up the season before they head to Hoover in the SEC tournament. And so, again, Auburn baseball, you control your own destiny. You're doing just fine. I think, again, against Arkansas, if you pick up one win, you're doing good. If you pick up two wins, you're doing really good. And I think this Auburn baseball team can do that. I really do think they can do that. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, after they can, if, the, if you can beat Tennessee on the road for one game, you can beat Arkansas at your place for one game. Uh, you can do that if you ask me and I think Auburn has a good chance to win the Arkansas series I really do so Auburn baseball they get a big time win over Tennessee let's see I'm gonna pull up the D1 uh, the D1 baseball rankings that's the one that I like to use Arkansas is now fourth in the country so that shouldn't change that shouldn't change Arkansas is the fourth team in the country sitting at 34 and 10 overall they moved up one spot Auburn is at 19 still so they're still 19th they haven't gone anywhere so number four ranked Arkansas Razorbacks coming to Plainsman Park this weekend Auburn baseball in a really good spot Auburn softball they pick up a ranked win against Georgia this weekend uh, we'll talk to Jacob Hillman more about that. He was on the call for at least one game, maybe a couple. So we'll talk to him some more about the softball team and what that means for that program as they have one more series at Tennessee uh, coming up this weekend. And then the other big news coming out of Auburn, Auburn basketball picked up a big-time commitment from transfer portal player Janai Broom from Moorhead State. Uh, he had He had been sought after for... A long time and by a lot of schools, but Auburn reigns victorious, if you will. Uh, he picks Auburn, and Bruce Pearl does it again. He brings in another high-talented guy out of the transfer portal. Janai Broom is just a fantastic player. He will bounce around from the 4-5 and five position. He's going to be a fantastic player. Uh, minutes are going to have to be shared between him, Yoan Traore, Jalen Williams, possibly Julian Phillips, possibly, but I think Phillips, if he does come, I think he may be a three and four versus four and five, but we'll see how that plays out. But regardless, Janai Broom is coming to Auburn. He commits to Auburn, big time pickup. Look, you lose Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler. Sure, just bring in Traore and Janai Broom, possibly Julian Phillips. You're going to be just fine if you're Auburn basketball. Huge pickup. For Bruce Pearl, Stephen Pearl, he handles a lot of the transfer portal stuff. He's done fantastic. You've got to give him credit. He has done a fantastic job in the transfer portal for Auburn basketball. I mean, I don't see how you can do any better. I really don't. I just don't see how you can do any better in the transfer portal if you're Auburn basketball. And some of you may be saying, maybe you need to go and sit in the football office for a few days and tell them what to do. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. But Auburn basketball, they pick up the huge commitment from Janai Broom. He will be an immediate impact player. You know, I, I use that term all the time because it's, it's really important. He will be an instant impact player. He will be 
I would assume he would be a day one starter. I would assume. I would. I hope so. And he's going to be big time for Auburn basketball. They still have one more roster spot to fill. The goal is to fill that with Julian Phillips, I would think. He received a crystal ball prediction last week for Auburn. And we'll see how it goes. I think Auburn is a really good chance for him. I think Auburn is in a really good spot for him. So we'll see how that goes. And also, just a note on college athletics as a whole, today is May 2nd. You know what that means. The transfer portal has officially closed. And what that means is you can still enter the transfer portal if you want. But I'm pretty sure if you enter right now, you have to sit out a year. You've missed the deadline. The deadline was yesterday, May 1st. The deadline was yesterday. So this goes for football, basketball, any sport. I know if we're talking about Auburn, we're really focused on football and basketball. If you're looking for guys from the portal, you've got to look right now because whoever's in there is in there. Nobody else is going in. So when you're looking at the transfer portal, you've got to focus on who's in there right now because the deadline was yesterday. And I don't think Auburn is, is basketball is really looking for anybody. They're trying to get Julian Phillips and that would be it. And I mean, there's, they don't have anybody else. They don't have any more room to, to bring anybody in football wise. Again, I talked about this last week. The guys that are in the portal right now, nothing against them, but there's probably not going to be any big-time starters in there right now. And if there are, they're hiding or they're being recruited hard by other schools. I just don't see, for football-wise, Auburn football, I don't see the transfer portal really being an option at this point. Maybe bring in one or two guys to be decent backups and if guys get hurt maybe try to develop them as well maybe even starters down the road but look Auburn football is not going to go to the transfer portal and get a guy right now that's going to be breaking news immediate impact player that's just that's just how it is because of the situation with the portal right now and the guys that are in the portal I just don't think there's anybody in there that's going to be a day one impact player I just don't I just don't see where that is maybe somebody's in there hiding that we don't know about but I highly doubt it because if they're in there people know about them that's just how the transfer portal works so we'll see what Auburn is able to do basketball I think they're just waiting on Julian Phillips to fill that last scholarship spot hopefully that's the scenario football wise I think you just got to roll with what you got at this point I think you've got to roll with what you've got because there's really not a whole lot of options anymore And instead of worrying about that, let's just focus on this year's team. Let's focus on the guys that are on this roster because unlike last year, as we found out, now everybody on this team, they want to be here. They want to be here. They want to play for this head coach. They want to play for this coaching staff. And they want to be at Auburn. Again, unlike last year, as we found out, there were some guys that didn't want to be here. And that's fine. That's fine. If you don't want to be here, go you know what I mean go find your own place go find somewhere where you are comfortable and happy that's totally fine but I think with the guys on this roster for football this year and everybody wanting to be here that's going to be big time and I think you just don't even worry about the portal anymore and just focus on who's on this team right now if you're Auburn football Let's head to the break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some more headlines uh, outside of Auburn, maybe in the professional sports world. Let's take a break. You're listening to On the Line. 
Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. We've got about seven more minutes before we head to the bottom of the hour break. Make sure you stay tuned. We're going to have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network on at 3.30. He'll be on to talk about Auburn baseball and Auburn softball about their series over the weekend. Of course, baseball picking up a a game victory on Saturday against Tennessee and Auburn softball picking up the series win over Georgia over the weekend over at J&B Moore Field. So he will be on at 3.30 to talk about that. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Moving on uh, with some making headlines. We had not completely finished up. We talked about all of the Auburn headlines, but talking about some of the other headlines from... uh, from around the country, NBA, NFL, and NHL, there's a lot going on. Uh, some breaking news as of about five or ten minutes ago in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins, the Pro Bowl wide receiver from the Cardinals, he has been suspended six games for he broke the rules of the NFL's PED policy. So performance-enhancing drugs, he was found that he used them, and he has been suspended six games from the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's PED uh, protocols. Uh, That's big-time news, man. That's big-time news for a guy who is a Pro Bowl wide receiver. He's a big-time target on the Cardinals for Kyler Murray. And, man, I just – I never understand – why guys and why athletes use PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. You're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. It happens all the time. All the time. It's happened my entire life. I've seen so many big time athletes get caught using PEDs and yet they still do it. And these are just the ones that get caught. Think about the ones that do it and don't get caught. Because they're out there, obviously. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, for example, he ain't the only one doing it, right? He ain't the only one taking PEDs, whatever it may be. I just don't understand why somebody with his type of skill level would do that. Just You're good already, right? You have enough skill. You're one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. Why do you need PEDs? to try to make yourself better. Just do other things to make yourself better. If you're trying to get bigger muscles, work out more. If you're trying to be faster, train to be faster. There's other ways to do it. And I guess it's, I don't know, is it a way to, I don't, I don't know anything about PEDs. I don't do that, obviously. I don't know anything about it. Is it a way to get better without having to do the work? Is that what it's for? Is that what it is? Because that's what it looks like to me. When I see somebody like that, who is as good as he is, DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, just got suspended six games for taking and violating the NFL's PED policy. He got caught. And what it comes off to me as is that he was taking performance-enhancing drugs to get better, get bigger, faster, whatever it may be, without having to put the work in. But yet, without them, he's still one of the best receivers in the whole league. But at the same time, 
How long has he been using them? Right? Has he just been using them last year? This offseason? Has he been using them for the last five years? Six years? We don't really know. I don't know if they released that information. But why do you need them? Right? Why do you need them? That just doesn't make any sense to me. And what really doesn't make any sense to me, you are a professional football player. You get paid millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to play football. And there's, yeah, there's some rules, but you have a lot of leniency. There's very few things that you cannot do to survive and be an NFL football player if you have that much talent, right? Obviously, any, all of the domestic violence, you know, sexual assault stuff, all of that, stay out of that stuff. That's just in general for a person. Stay out of all of that. Don't do drugs. And don't bet on yourself and don't bet on games. <laughs> There's a very few set of rules as a professional athlete, not just football, professional athlete, that if you follow these sets of rules, you are going to be set for life. Your kids will be set for life. Your grandkids will be set for life. Your great-grandkids are going to be set for life, as long as you're smart with your money. There's a very few set of rules that you have to follow to be a professional athlete and to be a successful successful professional athlete when you have the skill level like a DeAndre Hopkins, but yet they break them and they do the things they're not supposed to do. It's like a kid, right? It's like a kid growing up and you tell them, don't eat that cookie, but then they do it because they want to and they told and they, they did it because you told them they couldn't do it. That's the same thing. The NFL told him and they tell all their players, don't take performance-enhancing drugs. Don't do it. But yet, they do it anyway. And then they get caught. And then they get mad because they got caught. They get mad because they got caught. That's ridiculous. He's already good. He's one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. DeAndre Hopkins. He's so good. He was great when he played for the Houston Texans. He's been great when he plays for Arizona. He doesn't need them. Or maybe he does, and we just didn't know it. Maybe he needs him, and we just didn't know it. But I still think he's good without him. I, I don't know how long he's been using him, but he's still one of the best wide receivers. He's a pro bowler. Don't take performance-enhancing drugs. You're a top-tier wide receiver. Stay out of trouble. It's not that hard, man. It's not that hard. Follow the rules. You'll be set for life. That's just me, though. I don't know. I don't make millions of dollars. So I don't know. Easy for me to say, I guess. Stay tuned. We're going to have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. When we come back, you're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 1067 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. We've got 30 more minutes left in hour number two here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Back for his usual 3.30 spot on Monday afternoon is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Jacob, how's it going? I am doing well on this fine Monday, Jacob, at finals week and 
graduation is upon both of us, actually. Yes, it is. I will be graduating in August. Are you graduating this semester really? this week? Uh, yeah, I, I am on Saturday. Wow. Well, congratulations to you, man. That's awesome. Really happy for I you. I will be graduating time. in August, still having to fulfill the uh, the internship requirement, <laughs> and then and then we'll graduate in August. But this is my finals week. I'll be done with classes, just have to do the internship. But congratulations to you uh, graduating from Auburn University. Let's talk a little uh, Auburn baseball and softball from this past weekend. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Let's start with baseball. They did exactly what I told them to do, get a win against Tennessee. They won on Saturday. They lost Friday and Sunday. They pick up the win on Saturday. Uh, tell everybody how it went down in Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, what a weekend it was. A very memorable weekend. Uh, no matter the side you're on, whether it's on Auburn or Tennessee side, obviously game one, Auburn gets ahead, but then two really bad innings uh, and injuries as well put puts Auburn in a big hole to lose that one in blowout fashion. But then you bounce back Saturday and put together a heck of a performance. Go ahead 4-2, to two, lose that lead, but you battle back in the ninth. And obviously everything that transpired there, lots of emotion. And that's what you want to see from a team that's, up there in the SEC standings like Auburn and not quite in first, but they're still chasing a little bit. And then Sunday was uh, – I, I was fine with how Sunday went. Obviously, Gonzalez gave up a few runs early on, and Auburn battled back. And you get to the end of the game, and you're just up against one of the best relievers in, in college baseball and Ben Joyce, and it's hard to put together any runs against him. And then, obviously, some of those great hitters for, for Tennessee, one mistake pitch, and – you lose a series, but overall, I would I would say it was a good weekend for Auburn. You look at that Friday score, and it was closer than that. It really was because you just had those two innings where Tennessee scored 15 runs, and then you look at Sunday where you're tied most of the game. So I I, I thought it was a good weekend for uh, Auburn baseball. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, Jacob, what does it mean that? that Auburn didn't get swept over the weekend because, look, most people probably would have picked Auburn to get swept at Tennessee over the weekend, but what does it mean that they did not get swept? I think the biggest statement made was that Auburn's here with the big dogs. That Tennessee team had lost one SEC game prior to Saturday uh, when Auburn beat them, and that team is just unbelievably good. That The pitching staff, all like sub-two ERA starting pitchers, the it's just an incredible team that they have in Knoxville. And Auburn going up there and fighting through the whole weekend, grabbing a win, just shows that they are here to to fight with the big dogs. And uh, obviously this upcoming weekend is another big challenge against Arkansas, the leader in the SEC West. Auburn has a chance to go out and possibly win the SEC West. You could do it uh, this weekend. You could take the lead with a sweep. But likely that's not going to happen. Arkansas is a really good ball club. But you want to try to get two out of three and be right there in it, and then you never know what can happen in the last two weeks of the season. So the statement from this weekend is that Auburn is ready to play with some of the best teams in the nation. And not just that Auburn didn't get swept, but the fact that they were in all three games realistically until at least the sixth inning, if not later, what does that mean about this baseball? Or what does that say about this baseball team? Yeah, and, and oh, grit. That That is the biggest Thing that comes to mind, the biggest adjective I can think of, because you look at Friday night when Hayden Mullins goes down with that arm injury, and Tommy Sheehan comes in and 
puts up two innings and a third of solid pitching that kept Auburn in that game on Friday night, face just one batter over the minimum, that is gritty and a great performance from him. And you also got to look at the bats on Saturday night in that ninth inning down to the Tigers' last out. Case and Howell comes through with a double, lays this one down the left field line. And then obviously Bobby Pierce, who has come along this season, wasn't starting games early on. Now he has solidified himself as a starter in that outfield. Just a heroic moment. And that's really what it shows for me. And then even Sunday, you're down 3 nothing and you battle back. It's a gritty baseball team that uh, is never going to be counted out of any game. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network about a little bit of Auburn baseball. Coming out of the weekend, you get one win against Tennessee. I said, and we talked about this, with the series against Tennessee and the series against Arkansas, I was looking for one win apiece. They're halfway there. What's your early expectations for the series coming up against Arkansas this weekend? Yeah, getting one is very important this upcoming weekend. But, I mean, being at home, you almost think you want to grab two. You want to grab and win that series. And not really to – not that it's going to derail your season or anything if you, if you lose that series. But just looking at the SEC standings, Auburn has a great chance to finish in the top four. It's not the top three. And if you win this upcoming series, then it's turning into a chance to win the SEC West. So – uh, this upcoming series is a big one to definitely grab one, but I'm looking at grabbing two the way this offense is performing and just the pitching is guys are stepping up left and right. Connor Copeland was impressive on Saturday night, earning his first SEC win. So I, I like to see all these pitchers really start to uh, find their way into the rotation. It'll be interesting with what happens this upcoming weekend because I can't expect Mullins to be pitching this upcoming weekend uh, or potentially the rest of the season. So, uh, maybe Gonzalez up to up to Friday. That's kind of a short rest, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I was going to ask you about if we had an update on Mullins. Of course, he was hurt over the weekend. Uh, if we had an update on him at all. Yeah, not not officially. I think he's getting an MRI done at some point this week. But um, throwing arm, it, it's one of those things that you you it's scary to think about. So uh, I'm not sure when we'll see Hayden back. Yeah, no doubt. You got to take care of the arm, and you don't want to rush it back either because, you know, trying to play the long-term game because, look, this right. team is going to make the postseason, and um, they, they're going to need him long-term. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, I agree with you. I think one win is for sure against Arkansas. I think if you're Auburn, you're looking to get two wins and win the series just with how well this team is playing so far uh, through SEC play. They wrap up SEC play after that with Alabama at home and Kentucky on the road. You know, just looking ahead a little bit with the next three series before heading to Hoover, you know, what what are – I'm trying to think of, you know, what's what's the word I'm looking for? What is the the expectation for this really, Auburn yeah. team? Yeah, in, in the next couple of weeks. I would have to say it's finished top four in the SEC and looking at hosting a regional uh, once we get to that point in the season. So I really like what Auburn's doing right now and – with the home series against Arkansas and Alabama, you've got to be looking to win those two. And obviously Kentucky's at the bottom of the pack in the SEC East. So those are all very winnable series. And you do that, and you're in the top four in the SEC. And Alabama just got swept at South Carolina this weekend. So Auburn baseball definitely controls their own destiny. Another program that controls their own destiny, Auburn softball. They got a big-time ranked win against Georgia over the weekend at home against or at J.B. Moore Field. How did that go down, and how did Auburn softball get the series win against Georgia? Yeah, well, games one and two were obviously big for the Tigers. Uh, easy win in game one, and then game two, 
uh, comeback bid. Now, obviously, game three, senior day, you fall in the series finale, but what I like from the softball team was just the pitching. Matty Penta, dominant as usual, then K.K. Dismukes getting a complete game from her on Saturday is just something that Auburn hasn't really gotten this season, and for her to do that this weekend was huge. So Shelby Lowe was big in relief even on Sunday, so it was nice to see her uh, perform well because you expect to see her in those closing roles. She leads the SEC in saves, but for her to come in and hold after bad two first innings on Sunday was nice to see, and obviously the offense is doing its thing like usual and still waiting on Bree Ellis to break the freshman record. Well, I, I expect to see that at Tennessee this upcoming weekend. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network about a little bit of Auburn baseball and softball. You bring up the, the Tennessee series this weekend for Auburn softball. What, what are we thinking about the series this weekend? What do you know about Tennessee softball? Because I know you got some broadcast work in this past weekend against Georgia. And so what, uh, what do you know about Tennessee coming up? Yeah, going up to that series is another big point in the standings. If you go up there and sweep, then you're ahead of Florida in the standings. Now, that's not the expectation as Tennessee is a great softball team. But you still have a chance to move around the standings if you're going to go grab that series. There are – Four, five teams kind of at 11 and 10. Missouri didn't play a game uh, early in the season because of snow, but they're 11 and 9. So uh, this Auburn softball team has a chance to move around in the standings as it is a gridlock in the middle. So big weekend for Auburn softball up in Knoxville, kind of like Auburn baseball had this past weekend. Did you say they didn't play a series because of snow? Not a series, but they missed out on a game. It was one of the first SEC series of the season. (laughs) Interesting. That doesn't happen too often down here, does it? No, no, not well. Missouri is out there. You fringe SEC territory. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Hillman, uh, we appreciate your time as usual. Uh, let everybody know where they can keep up with you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Is like I said, it's finals week. Graduation is upcoming, and it's a big weekend at Plainsville Park uh, against Arkansas for SEC standings purposes. Well, Hillman, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on graduating. Enjoy it. Take it all in, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it, Jacob. That was Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network and his usual Monday 3.30 slot here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Look, he's 100% right. Auburn baseball, fantastic spot. They have a real good chance against Arkansas this weekend, but don't be fooled. This Arkansas baseball team They are ranked fourth in the country, and that's for a reason. They are extremely good, and just because Auburn baseball beat Tennessee once over the weekend doesn't mean that they can just stroll into this series and think we can do it again or maybe even beat this team. You've got to be committed to beating Arkansas this weekend. And it's a little tough because it is finals week over at Auburn, and players are probably concerned about that and worried about that Uh, rightfully so school does come first and then you have to roll into a tough series against Arkansas Auburn has to play their best baseball this weekend if they want to get not just a win but a series win if you want to go two for three against Arkansas and then Auburn softball they wrap up their season at Tennessee a good softball team but again another suit another situation where the softball team can can go up there, get a series win, and really have a good chance in the SEC tournament and in postseason play. So Auburn baseball and softball, again, they control their own destiny. 
Let's take our final break of the Monday edition of On the Line. If you want to call in and get involved with anything, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. If you want to call in, get involved, be a part of the show as we wrap up hour number two in the Monday edition of On the Line, I would love to hear from you. Again, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins wrapping up the Monday edition of the show here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. If you missed any of today's show, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast back in hour number one we had a lot of Auburn news to talk about we've talked about it a lot here in hour number two as well but in hour number one we had Joey Blackwell of Bama Central the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama sports uh, he was on at 2:30, gave us a good rundown of Alabama players taken in the NFL draft also some news about Alabama baseball some updates about Alabama baseball as well and what to expect or I guess what we need to know about this Alabama football team coming out of spring practice so that was at 2 30 he's a new guest on the show and then of course uh, we just got off the phone with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network he came on to talk about Auburn baseball and Auburn softball so if you missed any of today's show just search on the line wherever you get your podcast it'll be uploaded immediately following today's show just a few more minutes before we get out of here make sure you stay tuned right here on the same station it'll be the drive with bill cameron and dan peck from four to six they will be coming in right after me so make sure you stay tuned for that as well but we do have just a few more minutes before we get out of here and i know we haven't talked about it a whole lot but NBA playoffs, they are still rolling on on Sunday. Round two got underway. I guess Friday night, uh, Memphis beat Minnesota 114-106 to advance into the second round. And then round two started yesterday. It started with the three-seeded Milwaukee Bucks at the two-seeded Boston Celtics. And look, I would have said Boston. I I did say I think Boston was going to win this series. And I still do. I still think they're going to win the series. I thought they were going to win game one. They definitely did not. They got manhandled all game one. Milwaukee and Giannis Atacacumbo, they win 101-89 to against the Boston Celtics in TD Garden. They take game one on the road. Milwaukee, big-time game. Giannis could not be stopped. I picked Boston because of their defensive presence and them being the best defensive team in the entire NBA. And also how they played against the Brooklyn Nets. I think Boston still has the better team here. I don't think Giannis can carry this team through an entire series. But you look at it, he wasn't even their leading scorer. Drew Holiday had 25 points. Giannis had 24. Bobby Portis had 15. And then you had Grayson Allen with 11 off the bench. So, look, this team really didn't... I mean, they didn't do anything crazy, but Giannis... He did enough, but I still have Boston winning this series. I still think they're the better team. 
They struggled offensively. It was the it was really the Bucks defense. They held Boston to 89 points in the NBA. 89 and Milwaukee still struggled to score over 100. That's going to be a fantastic series. Milwaukee takes game 1 over Boston 101 to 89. The second game yesterday of the second round it was game 1 between the third seeded Golden State Warriors and the two seeded Memphis Grizzlies. Road teams went 2-0 yesterday. Warriors beat Memphis 117-116 in what was a fantastic back-and-forth ball game. It was a great game the entire way. Golden State, they win 117-116. And you look at the stat breakdown, Steph Curry, 24 points. Andrew Wiggins, 17. Clay Thompson, 15. Jordan Poole, he didn't start. Remember, he was starting in the last series. He didn't start this series, but man, He made his impact and his presence felt. 31 points, 12 of 20 shooting, 5 of 10 from downtown. He had 8 rebounds, 9 assists with 4 turnovers, 2 blocks. I mean, the guy does it all. He has become a superstar in the NBA. And you look at Memphis, of course, John Morant had 34 points. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 33 points. And then Melton off the bench had 14. Clark off the bench had 12. But Memphis... Just ran out of gas, couldn't get the final bucket to go from John Moran. He missed a layup. Wasn't a wide-open layup or anything. It was contested, but he had a layup to win at the buzzer. Couldn't get it to go. Golden State, they take a 1-0 series lead on Memphis. Tonight, two more games in the NBA. Round two still getting underway. Game one between the 76ers and the Heat. Remember, Joel Embiid is out. He is not playing in game one. Uh, It'll probably be game three, four, maybe even five before Joel Embiid comes back for the Philadelphia 76ers game one against the Heat tonight. And in the West, the Dallas Mavericks at the four seed. They visit Phoenix. They're back to full strength. So watch out for that series as well. The Monday edition of On the Line, it's over. I'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.